0: Joining us from Mizzou, America's Citi He is the Managing Director of Software Equity Research. Good to have you back on the show here, City. When you look at these companies, both are <laughs> fading from their reports, I want to start with Workday because this is just a giant turnaround. As JJ and I were just talking about, it seems like uh, maybe they kind of shot themselves in the foot with the guidance.
1: Yeah, hey, Oliver, it's great to be back on your show. Uh, Thank you. Yes, uh, on Workday, it's definitely it is a good quarter. If you look at uh, their billing growth, they beat 18% versus consensus was 16% growth, uh, and this quarter was really good, even even subscription backlog. I think, as you point, your previous guest pointed out, it's the commentary uh, about the future, you know, going forward. I think management is cautiously optimistic. Uh, there are a few regions here, you know, to look at it. First of all, what they they offer this cloud HCM and financial uh, application. They are not the essential application, but you are seeing that enterprise spending is coming back, which is which is one really good that it's training higher. But then you also look at second wave of COVID coming. There is some kind of uncertainty in the macro environment. That kind of makes I feel like it's, it's prudent to be cautiously optimistic at this point. I think stock is getting hit mainly because of that. Um, yeah, but I feel like this is kind of a buying opportunity, and this this should outperform next year. And mainly, when you look at the valuation, they're trading at like twenty five percent, you know, discount to their comp uh, comp group.
0: It seems like Workday is in one of these. Uh, it's a little bit of a pickle, maybe. And I could be totally off here, City, but there's like a couple types of cloud companies, there are these small, newer, nimble stocks that are just hitting the market and their value proposition being realized right now for like the first time ever, their services and they're posting 60 70% revenue growth. Workday's been around for a long time uh, and you see that in the way the revenue makes it to the bottom line, but the growth then is smaller compared to these companies. I mean, they did nice top line growth, but it actually wasn't even as much as they did a year ago. So is that going to be a problem for their valuation? compared to some of the high-growth peers?
1: No, yeah, I think you said it right. You know, it's a lot of large numbers too. It's uh, growing, but also a few other things that are impacting them right now is the new customer, a new logo acquisition at this point. Uh, what they're able to do is they're, they're going back to their install base. That's where the strength coming from. And they have a huge product, you know, product portfolio and they are able to cross sell to their base but i I won't be worried about the growth you know growth will bounce back when you see the enterprise spending comes back this is the this is the time post covid that's where they get got hit uh, hard because of the growth you know their products are not essential application during this time um but i think the trends are they are the best in the market i think they will be the de de facto you know application vendor enterprise application for back office
0: What do they need to do uh, to uh, surprise on that front going forward? Do they need to spend? Do they need to uh, uh, build out workforce even more or advertising? Uh, Is this going to be a cost worthy endeavor to build that backlog to a point that Wall Street is satisfied with it?
1: Yeah, I think there are some external factor uh, also in, influencing. And w- one fact was uh, contract duration was one of the factors why they guided backlog, backlog. I think 14 to 15% for Q4. So that was one of the things, contract duration impacts because customers are not comfortable signing up like four five years contract at this point. But the other point you said it right, and they are in fact investing for next year. They are investing on their um, sales and marketing, sales, brand, uh, branding, you know, they, they are planning to do that and that's how you can create even more demand and, and that's what uh, makes me more comfortable for next year.
0: Okay, stick with this. We're going to do a little trading here on Workday, and I want to come back and talk into it with you, City. Let's bring in our own Tom White, who's been looking at the options post-earnings. Tom, obviously a sell-off here where if you're bullish on the company, as City is, this is a good time to as any as we've had. I mean, this is a pretty big sell-off uh, in Workday now, 7%. How would you go about this if you want to use this as an entry point?
2: Well, I think uh, I agree with you uh, this using options in a high price stock like uh, workday might be the way to go and giving yourself some cushion to the downside uh, Oliver so the strategy that I came up with uh, is just going out to that December 24th weekly option series so you've got about 34 days until expiration uh, and selling an out of the money put vertical to collect some premium while giving yourself a, a cushion to the downside and a high probability of success. So I just looked at selling the 207.5 strike puts and then against it to make a risk to find I'll buy the 202.5 strike put. So for each spread that you trade, you can collect roughly about $2 credit. Now, that's the most you can gain on that particular trade. Uh, you get a break even of about 205 and a half to the downside so you're giving yourself even uh, more room to the downside in case the the shares do continue to slide Um, like i said you've got just over a month in this trade and you've got a probability of over 60 percent that that short 207 and a half strike is going to be out of the money at expiration and that's what you want to give yourself Uh, even though implied volatility is falling in here you're still getting some decent premiums because of the fact the stock is falling so uh, maybe implied volatility still a little bit elevated uh, due to the pullback today, but this might be the safest way to play it if you were neutral to bullish on a name like Workday.
0: Okay, so break even at two hundred and six bucks uh, for Workday. Obviously, we've pulled back quite substantially. Uh, you're already uh, everything from here. You get to you know keep as the stock moves higher we're at two twelve right now, so you've got a little bit of buffer, which would take us back down, 2.06, uh, basically around the November lows, so you've got to hope for support around there. Tom, you've got a trade coming up as well, so hang with us, too. I want to come back to City Panagrahi and talk about Intuit. This looks like a great report, uh, City. I mean, every metric, it looks like guidance for earnings, revenue, as well as trailing, all beat. Uh, What's going on? Is this just kind of your classic, uh, you know, break from a big run?
1: Yeah, it's kind of seldom used, uh, partly, but also, I would say, I agree with you, it's a great quarter, uh, and and look, you know, Intuit, people are concerned about Intuit because of their SMB exposure, but if you look at the last two quarters trend, it's definitely getting better, it's improving, um, so that's one good thing. I think one of the concerns was the guidance uh, implies second half, uh, decelerating a little bit, but remember, they pulled the guidance earlier, and this is the First time, again, they are giving guidance for this fiscal year. Uh, I think that's purely conservative at this point, given this environment, but I I think that this can get better. And a few things I want to highlight here. First of all, look, uh, new business creation, Uh, census data for Q3 shows that 77% new business creation in US almost 1.6 million versus 800,000 on average. Mm. So all these, just this business basically go to into it. And even they are introducing new products, you know, uh, that even they will be able to cross sell. They can in, increase their ASP, you know, average revenue per customer, they can increase too. So I feel like, you know, it, it's it's in a pretty good position at this point.
0: Uh, just real quick, city, because we're almost out of time. But uh, the Credit Karma acquisition—are they going to be able to uh, make money off that? Are they going to generate revenue from that?
1: Yeah. So I think people were concerned right after that, uh, you know, COVID nineteen Credit Karma. Uh, it, you know, we, we published a report deep dive on this. I think their comment kind of validates our analysis. They said May was the uh, trough level for Credit Karma, but by October it's now back to the pre-COVID level. So definitely, it's, you know, we think that they can grow 13% at least in next, you know, fiscal 21. But I think the commentary about dilutive, it's going to be dilutive, you know, when they close it, that's what I think a little bit people are concerned about. But I feel that they are not factoring in any potential tax divestiture, you know, mm-hmm. uh, from credit card business. And that's purely expenses. There is no revenue from tax uh, for credit card. Mm-hmm. So I think they can probably be, you know, accredited.
0: Okay, it's so maybe a little wild card uh, here still kind of left for them. Uh, City, really good stuff, appreciate the analysis. We're going to do some trading here on Intuit. Let's bring Tom back in. Tom uh, beats just across the board here, M&A in the works, to see what kind of uh, uh, money that can generate as well. How do you think about this one? Similar type of approach?
2: yeah if you take uh city's um you know analysis of this and their price target's about four hundred bucks uh all time highs are just over three hundred and seventy seven bucks so this pullback might be a uh, an opportunity for you if you uh, have that assumption that you think the stock's going to go higher. Uh, but it's a high-priced stock, Oliver, so 350 bucks, you buy 100 shares, it's a lot of capital outlay. So how do you play this? Using a longer-term view, but using the option market to uh, take advantage of leverage and lower capital input and defining your risk a, a little bit better on this. So I looked at just buying in-the-money call, and, and uh, I'm going out to the April series. So you've got 147 days until expiration on this. And I'm going to create a call diagonal where I'm going to sell the December monthly uh, 390 strike call, so that's closer to, to uh, your guest's price target uh, over the next 147 days, where you can take advantage of upside. Mm. You pay roughly about a $38 debit. I've got that on the risk, uh, and a risk profile here, but I think it's actually a little bit lower. You can probably pay about $35 for that now, but if you pay $38 debit, that's your risk on this uh, bullish-type trade, you're, uh, you're outlaying about $3,800 per spread on this, as opposed to buying 100 shares at 350 bucks. so that's going to cost you 35 grand. So uh, this might be the way to look at it, where you can still take advantage of that upside. You get a break-even around $360, $361, but I think the key here is that you're looking out until April. So you're giving yourself plenty of time, and we all know what April is. That's a big uh, revenue month for Intuit. Uh, with uh, some of their tax uh, products here. So Mm -hmm. this is a lower cost entry point way where you can take advantage of a move higher and the ability to roll that short option week to week or month to month, collecting more credits and reducing that break even and potentially increasing profitability. So this uh, downturn might be a, a buying opportunity for somebody that has a, a better outlook uh, on a stock like Intuit.
0: Okay, called Diagonal with a lot to gain from here, but we got to get past that 360 level first, where uh, City says it'll be slim pickings for a target that is well above the all-time high. Thanks, Tom. Thanks again to
2: ground Panagrahi joining us from Mizzou.